I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my creative healing course is filled with hours of exclusive content. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And today we're going to be talking about understanding the family's roles in breakups. So, many of you will be surprised to realize how much family truly interferes and undermines your relationship, even when you think that they loved me. That's right, mm. and that's what I often hear. Um, did you meet her family or his family? Yes, they love me. Yes, until you want to marry the person. Yeah, and so you better pay close attention yeah. to what Margaret has here and look closer at your situation because there's probably more family interference than you realized mm -hmm. and you better know what's going on if you're going to turn your situation around. Right. right. And it's hard because we have all those happy hormones in the beginning and we miss the red flags. No, oh, it's so true. Yeah. So Margaret's got some research for you guys today and I think you're going to like this. Okay. It's probably going to be in three parts, so bear with me. Okay. I think it's an extremely important topic that we often miss. So one of the things I see very often is a situation where people caught, are caught in a bind where the person they wish to have as a partner is not the same partner that their parents and extended family might want for them. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay? especially in other cultures. Absolutely. Right. And in this one, it's just less overt. Yeah. Okay. Um, too often, one partner's family overtly or covertly sabotages the relationship by means of guilt or by disparaging various qualities about the partner. These can include age, he's too old for you, she's too young for you, social class, race, ethnicity, religion, and however many other issues you can think of, okay? Many times I hear that couples have been doing very well until one partner goes home for a visit, comes back, seems distant, and then breaks up. Wow. I've seen that, I can't tell you how many times, mm -hmm. and a lot of times recently, okay? The most recent case that came up for me was based on ethnicity, religion, and race. The family member had said, I want my grandchild, which always strikes me as rather odd. We don't own our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want my grandchildren raised in such and such an ethnic tradition and such and such a religion. In addition, there were also mixed race issues. The abandoned partner is left stunned and confused and wonder, wondering what they did wrong and they may not have done anything wrong at all. Yeah. Okay? Um, and it's very difficult for you as a partner or for the person you were dating to stand up to family that's adamant about this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, so why do parents think in this day and age that it is their privilege 
or their obligation to either choose or approve of their children's partners? It's a great question. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah. So I decided to look in three different areas. Um, so in an effort to better understand this phenomenon, I look first at the history of marriage and romantic love leading to marriage. Second, what are the family and individual qualities and dynamics that contribute to this phenomenon? And the third area is, what do we do about it? Hmm. Okay? Um, various parts of what I have to say here um, are borrowed, taken, quoted from a book entitled Toxic Parents by someone named Susan Forward. And Susan Forward apparently is quite well known, although somehow she got by me. I'm annoyed about that. <laughs> um, she's wonderful. She knows trauma backwards, forwards, and sideways. Um, and apparently she was quite well known in the 80s and even had a talk show on the radio. So I'm very glad I ran into her. And you'll see when I quote her. Um, she has a great deal of good stuff to say. Okay. So I looked at marriage, overall the, the history of marriage. Okay. So even a cursory look at the history of marriage lets us know that arranged marriage has been the norm going back to when we lived in tribes. Okay? Mm -hmm. It would be very unfortunate if you fell in love with somebody from the neighboring tribe who wanted your water hole. Mm -hmm. Okay? And people didn't travel from home in the early days like they do now. They certainly didn't travel around the world. In medieval times, marriages were arranged to cement alliances in case of war, mm. okay, and to keep wealth in the hands of certain people. So marriage has been used for many things other than the nice romantic thoughts we have, mm. all right? So parents are not off the wall when you think about the, the history of all of this, but it's certainly different here in the U.S. at least today, all right? Many authors report that the concept of romantic love did not become popular in the Western world, meaning the U.S., Europe, you know, Northern Europe, um, until the 1800s. Okay? So that, that, for me, would go back to grandparents. For other, uh, other people, there's probably two other more recent generations. Uh -huh. Okay? Um, so it's not that long ago. All right? Um, Individualistic cultures, such as the United States, Australia, Canada, and the countries of Northern and Western Europe, focus more on self-interest, personal autonomy, and making your own decisions, individual initiative, and independence. In other more collective societies, love and marriage are often considered in terms of the good of the group. Okay. Uh, arranged marriage is still quite prevalent in this world. Uh, according to the research I read, approximately 50% of marriage in the world now wow. is arranged. I was bowled over. That I is, was bowled over by that. Wow. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you consider the size of different countries out right. there. Then, yeah. India or... India and, and Asia. China, yeah. India and Asia, and mm -hmm. you're talking about a huge population and a very old tradition. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it is estimated that between 40 and 50% of marriages that occur in the world are arranged. Matchmakers are popular in some places. They will find out what you want from a partner and then find someone with similar traits 
values, culture, and other features. My immediate response to that is it sounds like eHarmony, mm-hmm. who wants to give you a list of all the, the areas where they're going to you know, try and match you with someone. And now there's a really popular show on Netflix that I love. Talk about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's called Indian Matchmaking. Uh-huh. And it's really interesting. It's people from both the U.S. and from India. Mm-hmm. And they seek out this matchmaker who finds biodatas, which is basically like Tinder profiles or eHarmony yeah. profiles of mm-hmm. people. And goes to the family and they kind of discuss and collaborate to match the person with somebody that they might be interested in. Mm -hmm. They look at all different factors, age, class, location, Mm -hmm. all of these different factors. It's very interesting. And the show looks case by case at different people Mm -hmm. um, and their experiences, if the dates are successful, if they're not. They also have um, somebody who's a face reader. And so the matchmaker consults with all different types of... Oh, what kind of reader did you say? A face reader. Wow. A face reader. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. So it's really fascinating if you're interested in something like that. Have you learned how to read faces? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Not personally. She's working on it. <laughs> okay. But we do need to be aware of what goes on in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and in India, I guess the... the whole tradition is very powerful. In the early days, it was, I hate to say this, but it was almost like um, looking for a partner for women who were judged on what they looked like, what caste they came from, and how good they looked around having children. But women are not objectified in the process like that these days, okay? Now, again, according to what I read, um, in Asia, um, oftentimes women are married prior to age 16. Still, wow. still, okay? All right. The global divorce rate for arranged marriage is 6.3%. 6.3%. That's unbelievable. Isn't it? You would, be, you would think it would be 94% divorce rate. Goes to show you how powerful the tradition is. Okay? Wow. The divorce rate in America and other Western countries hovers, again, between 40 and 50 percent. So the people who want to argue about arranged marriages certainly have some statistics to back them up. But if we look at that a little further, Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm sure there are more elements to it. Right. Yeah. People are unhappy. Yeah. 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 It's not taking account their happiness or, no, you know. No, or what kind of acting out they may do if they're not happy, mm-hmm. you know, or, or what may go on. Yeah. Um, but it's absolutely a startling mm. revelation. So is there a history of arranged marriages in most cultures? It appears so. In the beginning stages of this country, people are quick to point out that marriages were arranged. Okay. And I can remember when I taught in a prep school in the U.S., and it was a standard U.S. preparatory school where, you know, wealthy kids came. Um, They were very carefully matched um, with the boys who were going to become stockbrokers. And I remember thinking, there's more going on here than meets the eye. Mm. (laughs) Okay? So that's the answer to the first question. Okay. Okay? So we're going to do follow-up videos that are going to explore more to this, right? right. Yes. All right. Well... Give Margaret a thumbs up for all her research on this one because she did a lot of research on these. I did. And the other ones that we're going to cover are also very fascinating because, believe it or not, there's a lot more going on in a breakup than just somebody not having feelings for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. 
So if you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, askcraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. If you feel that I can be helpful to you, please sign up. And at this point, I can get you in quickly. Yes. So sign up with Margaret. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. And Coach Vicki is here training with us still. I'll be here. And you'll continue to see her in the videos. And in the future, she'll be doing coaching with us as well. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And I'm Coach Victoria. And we will talk with you soon. To get my help personally, go to AskCraig.net and click on Schedule Coaching and choose the option that works best for you. I do email coaching or Skype. To schedule a coaching with Margaret, click on Margaret on the top of the page and order a Skype with her. For the Knowledge Creative Healing course, click on the link at the top of the page and click Get Started Now.